Hello everyone and welcome to episode 36 of the Artful Athlete podcast where we're carrying on with our Emotions in the Body series and today we're exploring guilt! Ta-da! But uh, before that I just want to say a huge, 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 huge thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who's been listening to these little episodes so far. This podcast hit the 2000 downloads mark last Friday and it it felt like a milestone for me, like a little milestone. I'm not necessarily someone who's very much into looking at numbers, but seeing this is just went straight to my heart. So for this, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for tuning in, for sharing, for your feedback, your comments, questions, and the conversations I've been able to have with a lot of you. So I'm feeling the love and I'm sending plenty back as well as good vibes and energy and a little bit of extra sunshine your way. Because uh, speaking of sunshine, it's pretty cold here in London. And after the warm Easter Sunday we just had, it's been one heck of a temperature drop and we could carry on about the weather. But let me ask you a question within that. How sunny do you reckon you are when you're feeling guilty? Aha, didn't see that one coming. And uh, this is probably where you're wondering what on earth is the connection between the two. Uh, sunny, sunshine and guilt. Well, let's dive in. Let's have a look at what guilt does to a human. Guilt is a state that externally manifests itself through lack of trust, of faith in oneself. Self-esteem is usually pretty low when you're feeling guilty. It's difficult to stand up for your beliefs and for who you are or who you want to be. How are you meant to shine in that case? Remember, the solar plexus is called solar, it's the sun. So that pit in the ribcage where you have your diaphragm, where you have, you know, the stomach, this is where you have your inner sun. It's also where your connection to your own identity sits. And when dealing with guilt, it's actually necessary, it's a necessary step to identify where it's coming from. Is the source of said guilt coming from an outside perspective? like a friend, a family member, someone you work with or don't even know but have noticed maybe on social media or else? Or is it actually coming from within, from how you connect to yourself and the way you present yourself to the world? Once you've identified the source of that guilt, you're opening the door to understanding the whole human, the reactions and behaviours. And that's something, that's a practice that actually works both in real life and in the performance realm. Because when you're a performer, when you're an actor, dancer, whatever, in order to connect to the person that you have to portray, understanding the motives and the origin of their emotions, of their states, enables a better comprehension of the why and how they got to this situation that they're in in the first place. And it's the same for a character in the context of a play or a human in a real-life situation. One is the mirror of the other. Creators take inspiration from life to give life to their characters and stories. I'm sure you've experienced a unique connection with the hero of a book, the explorer in your video game, or even a godly figure in a myth. The bond we create with some of these fictional people often resembles that of friendship. Bear that in mind next time you're feeling a connection towards one of these characters. Maybe they're resonating and their story and their language is resonating with you because it's something you'd like more of in your life because it's something it's a journey that they go through that helps you 
get rid of some of your tension, some of your baggage. But let's go back to exploring the source of guilt. On an individual plane, we've talked about this inability to trust ourselves and low self-esteem. But what else is there in in relationships and not just love interests? I mean, relationships in its most basic meaning, the connection with another, the quality of that connection. Guilt leads to victimization and punishment. There is a judge, a jury, an executioner, and you can take on every single part at the same time. So guilt leads to victimization, to punishment, self-inflicted or not. You're doubting yourself and trusting an imposed belief. You're at the mercy of, of someone else, be it a real person or, or an inner voice. And you deserve what's happening to you right now. You should be punished for whatever reason. And this is all you deserve. Guilt, which is one of these sneaky states that works both consciously and subconsciously, is connected also to the feelings of imperfection, of powerlessness. So physically, two opposites come and work together. On one hand, you've got inertia, immobility, not being able to move or to move on or to move away from someone or a situation, even if it is toxic. And on the opposite side, you've got doing everything in your power to serve that situation. It's, it's your job, it's your sentence that you're purging. You fuel energy back into it. It's a vicious circle. Feeling of entrapment, no exit, no way out. And for some, on top of all these, you know, joyful aspects, the thought that you deserve this, that, that this is what you're meant to do, and you shouldn't aspire or try to do something else because of the consequences it would have on your current predicament because somebody would have to pay the price for your decisions it's a bit messed up and it's difficult to leave behind it's a life of sacrifice be it of yourself or someone else it leads to isolation it hides behind fears fears of being rejected or abandoned of not being seen or recognized for who you are, fear of being judged for who you are, a fear of being you and what that would mean for others around you. Who are you to leave the beaten path? Who are you to try and think you deserve anything else but what you've already got? We're so good at talking ourselves down and we're a lot quicker to use negative language to ourselves than we are to others. This feeds into the guilt and into shame. You can't mention one and not the other. Interestingly enough, do you know which organ Chinese medicine connects guilt and shame to? The stomach. And I find this quite interesting to see how a lot of emotions we've looked into so far revolve around some part of the digestive system. It's as if digesting emotions required a similar process than digesting and breaking down foods. Cue the wink wink, nudge nudge. <laughs> Imagine I'm right next to you doing that. But anyway, knotted stomachs, nausea, inability to digest properly, compulsive behaviours around food to fill yourself up or reject sustenance. Oriental medicine has always connected these responses and behaviours to guilt. Western medicine has started to open up to this vision a lot more over the past few years too, as there's a bigger reflection on the impact of the mind on the body. For me, it seems logical and the best approach, because mind and body, they're both having to cohabit and live together. So one will necessarily 
have an influence on the other. Taking this out of context, but when you're in pain, physical pain, you don't feel great inside. It's a burden on the mind. We mentioned feeling submissive and low self-esteem. So what does that look like physically? It's a heavier pace, this, this difficulty to move around freely, this physical imprisonment. Low self-esteem is often connected to someone who's struggling with maintaining eye contact, for example. Someone with a rounded ribcage and closed shoulders collapsing onto themselves. Obviously, that's a generalization because we don't always notice these signals straight away. So what does it look like when someone is fighting that emotion? Someone who's trying to keep it a secret or is in denial of it full stop? Could they be showcasing a posture and attitude that's in total opposition to these elements? Because it's all about how you present yourself and not necessarily about how you are. Guilt then becomes more than an imprisonment. It's a torture chamber of sorts. You're being pulled in two different directions or pulling yourself in different directions. And you could be putting on a mask and not even be aware of it. That's how powerful subconscious behavior can be. Guilty thoughts are tainted with judgment. You judge your own situation, your own self, and have reached a verdict and are now purging a sentence, hence the imprisonment. Hence the inertia, the feeling of having a boulder attached to your foot. As a result of this, when you're trying to step out, the negative chat comes running. You're not allowed. You should not do this. You cannot do that. How dare you challenge the sentence? How dare you try to be you? People will judge you. You know what you've done. You can't step out and do more. You can't run away from what you've done. Guilt wants you to focus on the past, on, on events and words of a time gone by, because once it's been said, it's gone, it's in the past. But somehow, this past, these past words, past events, define your future. So where's the present? Present doesn't come into play when you have a guilt-ridden mind. Present is non-existent. How can you come back to that present moment? Yes, we could talk about meditation and breath, you know, because it's one of the things I do. But I'd like you to go beyond that. Connecting to the present moment takes on many forms. You can be fully present when you're cooking, when you're working out, when you're sewing, knitting or sitting on a bench in a park. Being in the present, sinking back into the moment, is simply when you're not focusing on future outcomes or past baggage. It's when you're not worrying about time and are fully immersed in an action. If you're lying down to relax, but your head is focusing on your to-do list that you still haven't finished, you're not in the present. You're not relaxing. You're focusing on the presentation you have to do tomorrow, on the fact that, oh, you know, you haven't tidied the living room, you haven't done this and that. You're not in the present at all. You're not relaxing. You're guiltying yourself for what hasn't been done yet and denying yourself the permission to wind down and recharge. And all this because the rules that were set in place by someone or yourself are stopping you from enjoying that state. Maybe you needed that 20-minute nap. So why are you guiltying yourself for it? So homework time. Look for that activity, that moment of the day when you're not looking at the clock, that moment when 
you're fully, just fully into what it is you're doing. And if you feel like it, come and share. It will inspire others who could be struggling with figuring out what their connecting to the present moment practice could be. For me, for example, it's, it's cooking, walking, breathing, singing, and as of late, a bit more often, running. Time stops. I pick it back up when I'm done. But during that moment, nothing else matters but the, the gentle rhythm of my feet on the ground or the sound travelling through my body, the smells in my kitchen. So, listen in. What's yours? And that's it for today. So thank you very much for listening, as always. I'll catch you next week for joy. Yeah, you know what? Joy. Hopefully it will be sunnier and warmer, and if not, it will be a moment to summon that inner sunshine back in. Meanwhile, have a lovely week, and I'll speak to you soon.